Think back about a time in your life where you just couldn't wait for something. I mean, we, regardless of how old you are, we've all had that anticipation. Like the first time that you ever had a really good job. I mean, you, you got your first real job. Remember how that felt? And after a while, when the new wore off, it became just a job. Sometimes you look forward to, I remember getting married and, and there's so much excitement and I've watched almost everybody I know. You got all this excitement about being married and then you look up in a few years and you realize, man, I really hope that would be like the end all for me. But then you found out that you married somebody who wasn't perfect and they married you who wasn't perfect. Or what about the American dream? You know, we're all told that if, if, if we live in a country that if we could just make X amount of money, then it'll all be better. And then you wake up one day and you're making more than that. And yet it's not really better. It's just is what it is. It makes me think about a quote from a, a very historically famous inspirational speaker, Zig Ziglar. He said that most people live their lives as a wandering generality when they could be a meaningful specific. And it makes you really ask, why in the world am I here? I mean, after you start chasing this and chasing that and putting your hopes in a marriage or putting your hopes in a job or bigger houses, there's just a lot there that you end up kind of feeling disillusioned. Life gets out of control pretty fast. Look around from weather to disease, job loss, economy dips, or recessions, there's something wrong. And it really makes you ask, why am I here? I mean, is this all there is? Think about it. If there is a God, and I'm just put on this planet to wander around, have some good days, have some bad days, a good job, bad job, decent marriage, get a divorce maybe, have some kids, end up getting old, getting a disease, and then dying. Well, that's a pretty cruel joke. It's a pretty cruel experiment if that's all there is. I grew up in a good Christian home, happy home. And um, I would say around the time that I was 14, 15 maybe, I was um, really searching for something more fun. <laughs> I really felt like my parents especially were just keeping a lot of things from me and that there was a whole world out there that I wanted to explore and have fun and kind of live the most on and that's what I pursued, and that's all I pursued. It's just what's fun, what feels good to me right now. I started experimenting with drugs around that time. I just couldn't get enough. This party lifestyle was great. And um, to the point where I was 16 and moved out of my parents' home and I graduated from high school early just so I could have more time to make myself feel good. And slowly, very gradually, I started losing control of my life. All this, in this pursuit, I was more and more lost and more and more out of control and less and less happy. I didn't want to answer to anyone else but myself. And the longer I went down this path, the more and more in prison I felt. I lost my freedom. And so much so too, I was, by the time I was 24 years old, I was all alone. I was running from the law and I was very sick. I weighed about 90 pounds. I was living on the street. I didn't have anywhere to go. And I found myself 
laying on the floor of this crack house, and I didn't, I couldn't stay there even. I, I had to leave, and I didn't know what I was gonna do. I was so lost and so broken and so alone, and I had no hope. So I want to share with you about uh, there's a man named Solomon, and he lived really thousands of years ago, but. Solomon was considered the wisest and richest man that ever walked the face of this earth. So um, Bezos, Gates, all of them, nothing on this guy uh, in what he had and what he possessed and what he could do because there was really nothing beyond his reach uh, during his time frame. And so uh, he actually wrote, he actually wrote a lot of things down in all of his wisdom and all of that. And we have a lot of it on record. Uh, but as he got later on in his life, he sat, and I think he did what a lot of people do, he, he reflected on his life and what he had, he had accomplished and, and what he had done with all of that. And I want to share that with you. It's actually in the Bible, and it's in the Old Testament, and it's in a book called Ecclesiastes. So this is what he writes. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, uh, and my wisdom never failed me. Uh, anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, uh, a reward for all of my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There is nothing really worthwhile anywhere. And so uh, that's that's pretty tough. But I think if if we were really honest with all of ourselves and we looked at things, we'd probably realize that we, we probably have the same experience. Now, let's look at this. Solomon, if you look at his life, like we said, here's the wisest and richest man that ever lived. And, and he says it here, he didn't deny himself anything. Uh, he looked for pleasure, he looked for satisfaction, he looked for meaning and purpose in everything you can imagine. And the Bible tells us that he built homes uh, he built a temple. He built his own palace, his own kingdom. He built multiple houses and areas. He built cities. He took over other nations and countries. Uh, I mean, this is this guy's a doer. I mean, he he goes after it. Uh, I mean, he would he would probably be profiled in all of your major corporate magazines and everything if he lived today. I mean, this is this is who he is. But yet he looks back at it all and realizes that none of it gave his life meaning. I mean, isn't, isn't it fascinating that here we are 3,000 years later and the human condition really hasn't changed any from the time of Solomon? So there's another story, much like Solomon's, but many, many hundreds of years later, Jesus goes to a well, an actual well, you know, uh, uh, the modern day water fountain, right? And there's a lady there. And he gets into this conversation with this lady and she's got a storied past. She goes to that well in the middle of the day when nobody's around because she's got some hidden stuff going on in there that she doesn't want to talk to anybody about. I I'm not going to read you the whole story, but just listen to a small part of it. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. And she said to Jesus, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? 
And Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. It turns out that this lady had had multiple husbands. She had embarrassment and shame. And really what Jesus was saying to her in that moment was, hey, you keep coming to this well because you're thirsty. But you're going to have to keep coming all the, all the time, every day. You've got to keep coming to the same well, doing the same thing over and over and over again. But really, physical water isn't your biggest need. Inside, your biggest need is life-giving nourishment that'll keep you alive forever. She had been searching for life through relationships and she couldn't find it. So she goes into the town and, and after inter interacting with Jesus, he tells her all about her past and she didn't even offer it up. He knew her story already. And she goes into the town and she tells everybody, hey, I have found what I think is the Christ, the one promised from God to be the Savior of the world. And all the town comes out to see him. He knew her story and he offered her a whole different trajectory. I turned on the radio just as a distraction and the only station that would come in was this Christian radio station and I was just left it, whatever. <laughs> Even though I wasn't particularly fond of Christian music. And this DJ came on, it was probably three or four o'clock in the morning, just me and this radio. And this DJ came on and he said, I just feel like there's someone out there who needs to hear that Jesus loves you. And it's no matter what you've done, it, you're not too far away from him that he can save you, he can save anybody. And then he played this song by Third Day called Cry Out to Jesus. And I was like getting goosebumps at this time. I thought this was really trippy because this guy is talking to me and he can't see me and I can't see him, but I knew it was for me. And this song came on and I just broke my, these tears, I couldn't stop these tears. And I just said, I don't know what else to do. So I cried out to Jesus, just like that song said. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you can do to help me, but I will serve you. And I felt the Holy Spirit come to me right then, right there in that dark place. And I knew that I was forgiven and that the Lord knew everything I had ever done and he saw it all and he still loved me. And that love changed my life. I found the answer of everything I was looking for. He gave me that freedom. He gave me that joy in him to where now I have a family. I have a, a church home and I have um, joy and that no one can take away from me. The common denominator that Solomon and the lady at the well and Hannah all had in common was they were all chasing a fantasy. Solomon was chasing wealth and status, hoping that it would give him meaning and purpose. The lady at the well was chasing relationships, the ultimate maybe marriage, or she was looking for true love and looking for it in another person that could only that could not, not not do that for her only God can give you the truest form of love but you see the lie even Hollywood tells us right that oh the perfect person exists for you and there's no such thing as the perfect person Hannah was chasing all sorts of things wounds on the inside she was trying to numb one of the greatest business minds in the last 20 years is a guy named Jim Collins and he made a statement in his epic, famous book, 
good to great. He said, you must confront the brutal facts. Well, here are the brutal facts. The brutal facts is that Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the brutal facts. But don't, don't just feel bad. You're not alone. Every person that's ever walked the planet has fallen short of the glory of God. The strange twist is that we've all chased the fantasy just like Solomon. Don't you find it amazing that what Einstein said is true? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. So what do you do now? What you do now is realize that you can't discover why you were born. You can't change the trajectory like the woman at the well or like Hannah or like Solomon. You you can pursue all you want, but none of that's going to change until you meet the purpose giver. And his name is Jesus. And for that to happen, you have to come to a stopping point and admit that you chase the fantasy. You were looking for love or meaning in something or someone that was never designed to give it to you. That's only God's role. And he did it through Christ. So how do you pray? We just told you what you can do. What you can do is literally, the Bible calls that admit, repent. Admit that you chase the fantasy. So how do you pray? When it comes to praying, what you need to do is tell God, I'm sorry I chased the fantasy and I'm giving my whole life to you. I'm only going to look for meaning in you, God, because you're the only giver of life. If you drink from this water, you'll never thirst again, Jesus said. You need to come home because if you don't, you're just going to stay thirsty for the rest of your life. Hey, would you do me a favor? If, if you're willing to ask God to forgive you for chasing the fantasy, would you go to online and, and go into your email and just type in answers at clearview.org. That'll only go to one of our pastors. And listen, we'll contact you. And we'll get you on the path to discovering who Christ is and discovering why God puts you on this planet. Because we believe at Clearview that God puts you on the planet, you specifically, for a reason. And we want to help guide you to find it. And also, you know what? I'm going to bet that you're going to be like, thousands and thousands and thousands of other people that if you don't know your purpose, there's others that don't either. And it's found in Christ. Would you share it? Maybe email this to your best friend. Text, text the link to this to somebody that you're really close to. They're just, they're just like you. Send it to a few key people in your life that you know are wandering generalities too so they can encounter the Jesus that we're talking about.